This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. 8.49 right now, you're listening to The Morning Run with Melissa, Joyce and Chuang today. And Chuang, uh, just to, we've just gotten a fact check on that auction that you were mentioning a little bit earlier. Yes, um, it is verified. So it's on the PDRM uh, Facebook account. Dimaklukan bahawa bahagian perlucutan harta Jabatan Siasatan Jenai Narkotik Ibu Pejabat Polis Bukit Aman akan mengadakan lelongan. So this is the uh, auction that you were referring to. However, we haven't yet been able to verify where the items came from so it could be from various sources not just as you claimed okay not okay. the not the condo with 274 million dollars possibly season. not yeah possibly and not okay. possibly not okay all right well let's take a look at the top business headlines of the day um the government has received 14 business propo- 14 proposals from the private sector to develop the third national car so they're saying this is according to miti the uh, international trade and industry ministry they're saying that the third national car project is going to be fully driven by the private sector so i guess the question is whether that makes us feel better about uh, embarking on this, the fact that this is not government money, but it is private sector driven. But the government did say that they would provide selected assistance based on the capabilities of the companies involved. Oh, so selected the, yeah. assistance. So what the does question that mean? here is what selected assistance? <laughs> and also, I'm wondering who are these 14 proposals from? Are they local? Are they foreign? You know, yeah. hopefully yeah. we can get a list of the names. Well, eventually. we know that DRB Highcom via CTRM in partnership with Solterra with Kazana of Kazana is also interested in the project. I think. The, the, the key here is to make a distinction between Proton Prodoa and what they're trying to do here. I think the holistic plan, according to what the powers that be, including uh, MAI, Statut Madani, is that it's not really about the national car per se. It's an industrialization drive. And the fact of the matter is that the vehicle, as we know it, has been one of the torchbearers of innovation from a technological perspective for the last number of years. All the way from ABS and, and um, the, the seatbelt and safety standards, such as with Volvo, to the, to the whole connected mobility thing with navigation, uh, internet connectivity in the car, uh, radio, internet radio, uh, safety, and of course, battery technology, um, electric Electric, yeah, yeah. electric vehicles, emissions, things like that. So once you develop these things, they can be applied across the board, across industries. And it's just the current and immediate short-term manifestation is the automobile. Right. But there can be applications down the line in many other areas. So apparently, according to the Malaysian Automotive Institute, uh, the MIA, we actually have uh, quite a number of patents or trade. Uh, p- p- we hold the IP, the intellectual property, for quite a number of this that can enable us to build uh, this car. Mm. Well, looking, uh, the Deputy Minister did say that you know more than 80% of Malaysia's vendors are highly competent with skills to produce vehicle components. This is especially for the third national yeah. car project. So, so this is where we have to make the distinction, right? While we may have the intellectual property, do we have the capability mm. to build it? So it's all about the execution. And that's where, I hate to say it, Malaysia often fails. Well, yeah, by and large. But of course, mistakes have to be made. And, you know, some, some countries make mistakes uh, more than others. Uh, we've got something like three quarters of a million people uh, involved in the automotive industry ecosystem. And, I'll, you know, I'd like to also point out that um, what they're trying to do with this third national car is to make it an ASEAN initiative, right? So it's not just Malaysia involved. It's the whole 10 or 11 countries in the, in, in, in the, in the region that are involved in this project. And if it does work out, 
there is something that can mitigate the potential effects of a trade fallout, of yeah, a trade war fallout. And we can learn from the lessons from, you know, the last time, like, you know, maybe power windows, our power windows can yeah. can potentially work right now. <laughs> I remember my Wira. I had to right? pull up my power window yeah. from the driver's yeah. seat. Yeah. So hopefully moving forward, our third national car will have great power windows. Very well. few people make mistakes three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the feasibility, the feasibility study and detailed design for the Penang Undersea Tunnel will be submitted by the end of October for deliberation. So this is uh, quite interesting because the uh, the undersea tunnel now, I guess, back on the uh, back on the cards. The project is expected to cost around three and a half billion ringgit. And you know, despite I think some criticism that uh, the federal government has been reviewing the mega mega projects, apparently the chief minister of Penang is saying, well, the undersea uh, tunnel project in Penang, well, that's different. That should not be equated with all these other big mega projects that are being scrapped by the federal government. Yeah, according to the Penang Chief Minister Chao Kong Yao, he said that you know it's being paid by land titles rather than through any form of cash payment from the state or federal government. So then what, that's one of the points he made. Yeah, there's no federal funding involved and there's no state funding. It's basically, as you say, land reclamation titles. And I think the good thing about that is the, the price was ascertained ahead of time and you're selling that stuff ahead of the thing being built. So you're getting paid up front for something which is going to be built by other people over the long term. There's also economic benefits from this, plus the whole Trumpenang Transport Master Plan on the mm-hmm. man-made island, south of the island. Um, and obviously, not just the underground tunnel, but there's also three expressways and, and there's also all kinds of transport hubs, which, of course, are predicated on the basis that uh, more highways means less traffic and traffic alleviation. Wait, hang on. More highways emissions. means less traffic congestion. Less traffic congestion. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean fewer cars. vehicles. Mm. So there's a lot of studies around the world that indicate that the more highways and roads that you add to the equation, the more cars that are going to happen and the more jams you're going to have, right? (laughs) And Penangites are not going to be happy about the jams. It's so jammed on the island. So the question is also, there's been criticism about not just the the environmental impact, Chuang, but also the fact that why is Penang choosing to build a tunnel, an undersea tunnel, as opposed to a bridge? Mm. Yeah, Yeah, that's been questioned. Also, the project land swap funding model, that was also criticised. And also, I think the MECC investigated the more than 300 million ringgit cost of the road and tunnel feasibility studies that's also been looked into. So still a lot of questions on on this uh, project. Well, Mm. you already got two bridges. Why not have you know why have three? Why have two bridges and one undersea tunnel just for fun? You've got the Channel (laughs) Tunnel, right? You've got the Channel just for fun, just for a bit of variety. No, but, you know, um, facetiousness aside, uh, you know, the the UK and France are linked by a Channel Tunnel, right? Sure. Which obviously has, um, I I don't know, all all kinds of implications, perhaps scalability, perhaps cost-wise, perhaps um, from an environmental perspective. Because where they want this tunnel is between uh, Guni Drive and Bagan Ajam, right? So maybe in terms of the, the, you know, in terms of the thoroughfare of vessels, Mm -hmm. That could be that could enter the equation. That's or right. connectivity, right. connectivity and, yeah. could enter the equation. Well, there's also the ferry if you don't use the a ferry, tunnel. Yeah. There's also news that the government has decided to proceed with the LRT three project, and this is going to be at a cost of sixteen about sixteen and a half billion ringgit. So at this price point, uh, slightly more than half. This is slightly uh, more than half of the earlier cost, which was thirty one point six billion ringgit. So uh, the government has found a way to slash the the cost of building the LRT three. Now it's back. On. This is what happens when you get a Penang chief minister in charge of the finance Ex-Penang ministry. Chief minister, you yeah. just take that number, then you have it. And then there you go, right, guys? Make it Penang happen. Price. And, and, and do you know what? They can make it happen, right? They have to, I <laughs> guess, Penang in this price. case. Yeah, Penang price. Charasta well, market price. 
<laughs> well, the Malaysian resources called Berhad and George Kent, the joint venture, said that they were informed of this by Prasarana Malaysia. And the total cost includes land acquisition costs, interest payments during construction and uh, other unspecified costs. Yeah, so they're going to migrate away from that whole project delivery partner uh, model, which I think was based on, an, on a, something like a 5% annual fee for the um, for the managing consortium to a fixed price cost. So basically everything's mapped on in advance. You've got to make that price happen or come what may, mm. which I think is obviously the accountant's way of doing it rather than the Barista National way of doing okay, it. Okay, so here's my question, right? Um, what was cut from this cost? So was this slashing of, of the cost, was there a lot of fat to be trimmed or are we looking at scaling back to kind of bare bones of this LRT3 project? Now, some of the feedback that I've gotten uh, from this news, and it's not a very popular opinion, is that do we want a bare bones LRT3 project? Do we want to be scaling back this much? Or should we be looking, as you said, Chuang, to, in, to invest in our Public, infra, public transport infrastructure so that we're not so reliant on private vehicles? Well, obviously, we don't know the details. And of course, the Financial Daily said that they saw um, 22 changes to the specs, at least. I mean, for example, right, if you've been in construction, you know that an entrance can be a certain number of meters wide. Maybe it can be a narrow entrance, less than many years. But we're, right? th- this is a trade-off. Right. So, so Do we want to trade it? Is it a, a safety this? compromise? Right. right? Is, it a, is, it a, is it an efficiency compromise? Is it a convenience compromise? A convenience yeah. Do we want to co- compromise on things like that. If we're going to be using the LRT3, do we want narrower entrances? Do we want bare bones stations? Do we want cheaper trains, you know, maybe from China rather than from Germany, for example? Right? I think we have to be realistic on our financial position and if it's a, a cost thing, I mean, if the cost can get us from point A to point B, the same as, you know, a higher cost, mm. then why not opt for the lower cost? As long as it doesn't jeopardize the, the security, the safetyness of the, the uh, transportation, I'm, I'm I'm all in for that. It. It's mm. also what we can afford right yes. now, right? Yes. We have Toh uh, Hun Ki weighing in on WhatsApp saying, Bare Bones LRT3, fit for purpose to move people is good enough. Are you from Penang? <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering. All right, uh, coming back, we have the 9 o'clock news bulletin and the opening numbers will be brought to you by Keith Cum next on BFM 89.9. Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.